Well, good morning. Um, if you don't know, my name is Trevor. I'm the children's pastor here on staff, and I'm just glad to be with you this morning. So before I begin, if you will bow your heads with me, we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Holy Father, Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the ability to be able to gather together. Lord, I ask that in this time right now, Lord, would you be the one that's glorified and heard? Lord, would you open our hearts and minds for what you would have for us this morning? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so I don't know if you know, but it's Christmas time. And at Christmas time, it's that time of the year when everyone's gathering together. Christmas trees are up, there's fun decorations everywhere. And kind of my favorite part is like when the cookies and goodies are being shared, just saying. Um, anyway, um, however, what I love most about Christmas is getting to understand the true reason of why we celebrate, that being the birth of Jesus, which is why the last three weeks we've been discussing Advent and the words that make up why we celebrate the coming birth of the Savior of the world, those being hope peace, joy, and if you didn't catch it from the scripture reading this morning, we're going to conclude today with love. And love is essential to Advent because if we don't have love, we wouldn't fully understand what Christmas was all about. We wouldn't have understanding of the true gift of Christmas. You see, as a children's pastor, this is that time of the year when I know that it's essential that the next generation of children grow up hearing and knowing about the true gift of Christmas. However, even more necessary for us as adults to be reminded and to believe in this one true gift, that being that love was born at Christmas. You see, we just got done singing love incarnate, love divine. That is exactly what happened at Christmas. Jesus Christ, the son of God, was born to bring this love to life. Without this love being connected at Christmas, we'd be entirely lost in searching for what the true meaning of love really is. You see, God's love is so much more and very different from what our world might think that love is. Our world thinks of love as being emotional or sentimental or relational. And if you were to go and ask any child anywhere, what do you love? You get a couple answers. You might get, well, I love my mom and dad, which I hope that that's the first thing that comes out. The second thing you might hear is, I love my friends, or I love food, I love stuffed animals. And all of these statements are probably true for them. However, there's a problem in that all of these statements are connected to a feeling, a sentiment, or a squishy meaning. Whereas my desire for you this morning is that you can grasp that when love was born on Christmas, it wasn't just to be sentimental. It wasn't just for an emotional reason or for the people that were there 2,000 years ago, but this was actually for you, for me, and our whole world. So if you don't have your Bibles open yet, um, you can open up with me to 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 to 21. And if you don't know where that is, go all the way to the back of the Bible and then find Revelation and go back a little bit and it's that right there. So 
But as you turn there, I want you to see that our first point this morning is given right away. And that is that this love that was born on Christmas was for us to receive. And so if you're using the Bibles found here in the worship center, you can find it on page 1084. But like I said, our first point, major point this morning is that love that was born on Christmas was for us to receive. So if if you're there, we'll look at verses 7 through 10. This says, Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists not in this, not that we loved God, but he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. What I hope you notice right away is that the gift of love given here is described as a directive. That the love that was meant, that this love was meant to be shared with others. Now, we'll come back to this directive later on this morning, but for now, I just want you to notice that the author John wants us to love others. Secondly, John makes a very bold statement. Love is from God. That means that the love found here wasn't just God having a feeling or an emotion that he wanted all of his creation to know, but he wanted his people to know that love is actually founded in who God actually is. Love finds its very source and purpose in the creator of the world. I don't know about you, but that changes everything that I ever thought about the word love and also who God is. Not only should this word love represent who God is, but this love was brought to life and seen in action in the first century. And you might be able to guess it. Yes, that was Jesus being born on Christmas. The true gift of this holiday. You see, love was born at Christmas in the very person and son of God. Look with me at verse nine. This says, God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. You see, Jesus' birth was just the beginning of what God had planned for his son. For he would go on to love the world in a way that no one had ever done before. Even to the point to go and die on a cross and to rise again from the dead to allow, as the text says, that we to live again. You see that we there isn't just for the original audience of John's letter. That is actually for you and for me as well. But what I hope we also notice is that that means that love that was born on Christmas displayed the most perfect example to ultimately allow those that believe in Jesus to find life forever. The author, John, wrote another book of the Bible, and 
You might be able to guess it. It's the book of John. And in this book, he details out the love and life of Jesus. However, in one specific spot in chapter 3, he writes a verse that's almost identical to verse 9 in our passage this morning. And if you don't know it, it's okay, but it's one of the most popular verses probably found in the Bible that everybody in our world knows. And it's John 3, 16 and 17. This says, For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The love that God has for our world is more than just sentimental, but a love that goes beyond anything that we could ever understand. God initiated love to a world that is to you and me through his son. That is why this love that was born on Christmas is more than just emotional or relational but actually of God giving himself up through a saving and sacrificial life through his son. To go even further, we can see that this same love that is displayed through the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus is drastically different from what we expect love to look like. Look with me at verse 10. Love consists in this, not that we loved God, but he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. John writes that the love displayed is not because of the love that we, that we is you and me, our whole world. That we can't, that in that, God's magnificent and sacrificial love was actually for us, to draw near to us, because we can't love him because of who we are. You see, there's no love that any person on this earth could ever come close to displaying that would ultimately match the love that God displays through Jesus. Commentator and writer David L. Allen says, there is nothing in us that could cause God to love us. We are sinners. God's love for us is motivated by who he is not by who we are. You see, we, I mean you and me and our world, are not worthy of God because of our broken and feeble state, our sinfulness, our evil hearts, and our actions draw us further and further away from God. Instead, God in his holiness and loving nature initiated love to you, to draw closer to you, to show you what it means to be loved, to give love. That is the exact reason that Jesus was born into this world, to ultimately display the realest and fullest act of love for a world of sinners, that they could believe in him and find favor with God. That means that all throughout the world, those who believe and come to faith in Jesus 
can truly experience what this magnificent love of God is. I want to ask you a question. Can you remember the first time someone ever looked at you and said, I love you? And when they said it, you knew they meant it. Everything in your being said, I am loved. And this person truly cares about me. But then as time goes on, you know, it's said multiple times because our world loves that phrase. And it just doesn't have that same meaning anymore. Well, I have good news. Because God thinks of you all day and all night. And when he thinks of you, you know what the three words he thinks of every time? I love you. And I want you to know that. That should change the way we say those three words. Right? Maybe it was the first time your spouse said it to you. Maybe it was the first time your mom or dad said it to you. But I want you to think about it now. Does that change the way those three words impact you? It should, because God truly does love you. However, that is not the end of this love story, because once someone believes in his son, they are then given his spirit. You see, the spirit is great. It is powerful. It is the agent that connects the believer to God. This spirit is meant to be also evidence that someone has come to faith. And also to be the reminder to that believer that they are loved by God. Look with me at verses 13 to 16 in our first John passage. This is how we know that we remain in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. And we have seen and we testify that the father has sent his son as the world's savior. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God... God remains in him and he in God. And we have come to know and to believe this love that God has for us. God is love. And the one who remains in love remains in God and God remains in him. Through the union of the spirit and a believer, that ultimately brings it to life. It makes it understandable what it means to remain in God and God remain in them. This is amazing because not only does a believer get to believe and know about God and how much he loves them, they also get united with the Spirit and are found in the family of God because of the indwelling power of the Spirit. What makes this even greater is that during Jesus' ministry time, he himself promised this spirit to help and guide those that follow him. And um, John wrote about this, again, in his book of John, in um, chapter 14, verses 12 to 14, that says, If you love me, you will keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you do know him because he remains in you and will be in you. 
I hope you notice a major connection here between the passage in John and our passage this morning in 1 John. And that is that they both say if, quote unquote, you, meaning the believer, that is you this morning, if you believe in Jesus, you get to remain in God and have the spirit in you. This is such a powerful connection through the faith that allows a personal connection with God and them. This should be encouraging, but also should be comforting because the God of love, our God of love, wants to remain with those that remain in him. However, you might be thinking, well, what does that mean? That God's in me and I'm in him and that's a little weird. Well, John also wrote in um, John 15, Jesus' words again that says, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one that remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. That means that through God's spirit being a part of one's life, they're then able to remain in God and God in them. And because of that, that should give us an amazing comfort to want to go out and actually spread this true love found only in God. However, God's love, though, is more than just a directive, more than just who he is, more than just his promise of giving the Spirit, but it also also should bring assurance. You see, those that are found in the family of God are given assurance. This assurance means that those that are believers shouldn't be fearful, but actually they can lean into God when they're not sure about what's going on in their life, when they're not sure about their faith. Look with me at verses 17 to 18 in 1 John. And it says, in this, love is made complete with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear. Because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. You see, those that are found in the love of God have nothing to fear. They are being made complete through the transforming love and faith found only in God through his son, Jesus. You might remember Pastor Dan's sermon a month or so ago when he talked about sanctification, the process of being made closer to the likeness of Christ. That is exactly what this is talking about. That those through the love that was born on Christmas and faith founded in this love, one is able to grow closer to Christ every moment of their lives. Think with me for a moment. Have you ever had those moments where you're about to do something and then that little voice in the back of your head said, hey, maybe no. And you thought, oh, maybe no. And then that little voice also said, hey, uh, remember you're trying to stay away from doing that kind of stuff. And you went, oh yeah, that's right. That is the exact amazing gift of sanctification. You see, that's the spirit prompting and saying, hey, maybe you should not do that. 
But then it's also that person saying, you're right, I'm going back over here. I shouldn't do that. That is what is so amazing about this love of God because it brings that assurance. It helps us to know that we can turn to God for help. Our text also tells us that those found growing in God do not have to be fearful of the day of judgment. You know, the day of judgment in our world today and maybe even in our church doesn't really sound like a day that should bring comfort and love and peace and all those things. It kind of sounds, it could sound scary. But I have good news again. For those found in the family of God, there is nothing to fear. Instead, this is a day that should bring confidence because of Jesus' love and sacrificial life. We are able to be closer to God than ever. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 to 11 tells us, for God did not appoint to us wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. So whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up as you are already doing. This should be an encouragement for us in the family of God, that through the salvation and love of Christ, you, me, those in the family of God have nothing to fear. You might remember earlier on in this year, we went through the series on the book of Revelation. And uh, Glenn, Dan, and Chris, whew, all right. Sorry, Chris. Um, <laughs> all of them did a great job of walking us through what all that means. But I hope you remember the end, right? I'm not saying forget all the stuff at the beginning of that, but I want you to remember the end. That those found in the family of God, those that are believers in Jesus, those found in the book of life, have nothing to fear on the day of judgment. Because they are filled with the love that only God can give. And that, that is the greatest comfort, the greatest assurance that you and I could ever receive, and it's given from God. So because of that, we should have confidence, right? We should want to go out into the world and say, hey, you need the true gift of love want to share that with everyone. And because of that, that guides us to our final point this morning. The love that was born on Christmas was for us to give. You see, our gift to the world at Christmas isn't all the amazing gifts wrapped underneath everybody's tree. As cool as those are, actually, our gift to the world should be world-changing love. Because this love goes out and changes the lives of everyone who believes, but it also changes and can change the way the world sees and understands what love really is. Look with me at verses 19 to 21 in our first John passage. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, 
yet hates his brother or sister, he is a liar. For the person who does not love his brother or sister, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And we have this command from him, the one who loves God must also love his brother and sister. Our passage this morning ends with a call for us to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. That is, if you are in the family of God and you believe in what Jesus did, you're called to love your brothers and sisters. You see, this love comes back to the directive that I talked about earlier on in the passage, that they are to love one another. This love is more than just an emotion. It's more than just tolerating those that I know I've got to love them. But it's actually putting others first. It's saying, you matter, and I want to love you the way God loves me. That means that if you are a believer in Jesus, you are to display this love that God has for you to those you come in contact with, especially those that are believers. Now, you might be thinking, our world today, you realize loving people is not easy? I do. But do you know the world that Jesus was born into? How hostile, how broken and messed up it was? You see, Jesus was born into a world where the Roman Empire was in charge. And they didn't really care what you thought. They just wanted to rule over you. And then there was the religious leaders those who were to be teaching what the Bible says. They were all about, make sure you're listening to what I'm saying. Don't worry about everything else. Just listen to me. And they loved legalism. But what this all accumulates to is why it's so important we understand that love that was born on Christmas is so much more than the way our world sees love. Because Jesus' birth from the beginning was all about perfecting the meaning and purpose of what it is to love. You see, the story doesn't end with Jesus' birth, but instead, 33 years later, he would go and die an inhumane death on a cross, being directed by the religious leaders by the Roman Empire, and by all the people of the world. And I don't know about you, but that'd be really hard to love those people. But Jesus did it. And because of that, this is all being done so that anyone who believes in him, that is, in Jesus and what he did on that cross, they can find favor with God, but also be brought to a fuller understanding of what it means to receive love and give love and also find eternal life. Ultimately, this puts an even greater call on our lives because once we believe and we love our brothers and sisters in Christ, we are then also called to love the whole world. I know, big call. 
That means that it's not just to the believers that you know you've got a really strong connection with because of faith, but it's also to those that are unbelievers that they can come to faith in Jesus as well. This sets us apart from the world because our world today is not about setting others first. It's not about making sure that you love everyone you come in contact with. But that's exactly what this calling is. And actually, this time of year should excite us because the world's looking for it, right? So that means that we should want to go out into the world and share about the true gift of Christmas, the fact that love was born. Love that is far greater than what our world today sees love as. That meaning that it's more than just a sentiment, more than just a relational meaning, more than just a squishy meaning, but about being world-changing love. So this morning, if you don't know about this love, or maybe this is the first time you're hearing about it, it's okay. The whole world is right there with you. There is lost in what it means too. And don't feel anxious. Instead, this is exciting. For today, you've heard about the true gift, the true cure, the true gift of love at Christmas. All you have to do is believe and put your faith and trust in the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. That is all you have to do to be brought into the family of God. All you have to do to start to understand and experience God's love for you. And once you do that, it's even greater. Because now the Spirit is given to you. And you can now remain in God and He in you. And you can do that by reading the Bible. And if you don't have one, ask us. And you can do that also by communicating and talking with God. So if you have questions about this, find me after service. Email me. You can find my email on the website. Find any of the other pastors or anyone here. I'm sure we'd love to talk to you about it. But most importantly, if you make the decision today to trust and believe in the love that was born on Christmas, that is exciting And I'm excited that you are now in the family of God. Secondly, for those of you that have already done that, you might be thinking, well, what am I supposed to do, right? I have one thing. I urge you this morning that you would leave with a refreshed soul and the love that was born on Christmas, that you would leave with a refreshed soul knowing that the God of love loves you that it is more than just a sentiment, but it is life-changing and it's meant for you. So go out, go out today sharing the love that God has for you to the world. Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, Lord, I thank you for this morning and being able to gather together to hear what you have for us. Lord, I ask that you would guide us and direct us Remind us of your love, that amazing love that you give to all those who believe in you and your son. Help us today to go out and share this love to all the world. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.